All right. Thank you for joining me for another uh, episode of A Pastor's Perspective. Uh, I enjoy doing these. Uh, hopefully, uh, people enjoy listening to them. Uh, don't forget, if you have any questions, you can email me at uh, cam.stevens or cam.stevens at lifepointsanatobia.com. Uh, kind of help guide this. Uh, or if you have any comments or anything else or any suggestions, uh, and please, if, if this is something that you listen to, that you enjoy, share it. Uh, put it on your Facebook, email it, tell someone else about it, uh, text it, tweet it, whatever you want to do. But today I just kind of wanted to talk just briefly uh, about the sovereignty of God. And here's why. Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in life or in planning or in doing all kinds of different things that sometimes we forget uh, the capacity of which God is in control. And not that we shouldn't plan, we, sh- we should plan. But I think that as we plan, uh, we should also be surrendered to God's will and surrendered to the fact that, um, that God is in control. I think a lot of times when we look at God's sovereignty, we talk about or think about God's sovereignty, especially within the Christian uh, circle, it's easy just to kind of get caught up in uh, Calvinism and Arminianism and tulips and, and everything else. And uh, while I think there's a place to discuss that kind of stuff, uh, that's not what I want to do today. Really what I want to talk about is, is recognizing that as we make plans uh, and as we schedule things and organize things, that sometimes they just don't work out sometimes something else kind of pops up. Sometimes something else just kind of throws a, a, a kink in your plans. And in that moment, we can either get frustrated or annoyed or um, despondent, whatever, depending on the, the size of the plans, or uh, we can recognize that, that God is sovereign, that He is in control uh, even over our plans. Um, just a few verses to throw out. Uh, Psalm 115, verses 2 and 3. Uh, great verses that just kind of magnify the bigness and the greatness of God. It says, Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Here's the response. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. We serve a God who is in heaven and does whatever He wants. No one can trump God. No one can usurp God. No one can tell God that He cannot do something. Uh, God does what He wants, uh, does what He pleases, uh, which is whatever He wants to do. And so um, we serve a God who does whatever He wants. And sometimes that means interrupting our plans and interrupting our lives and interrupting what we think, uh, you know, we kind of have going on. Let me kind of tell a story that kind of illustrates this and uh, is really kind of what got me, got me thinking. This past weekend with uh, my church, we're doing, it's called Angel Tree, having an Angel Tree party. It's, it's where we, uh, there are parents of children who are incarcerated and they go through a year-long program where they do Bible studies and things of that nature. And if they go through the whole program all year, then their name goes gets sent to a church or another organization, and they buy presents for their children in their name. Uh, 
so that the child gets a, a present from their parent on Christmas, even though their parent is incarcerated. And so uh, we were doing one of these angel tree parties, and uh, we've got another campus of our church in Senatobia, Mississippi, which is about, <clears throat> I don't know, about 20 minutes uh, north of where, of where I'm at. And so they were having one on the same day. They were having their party at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we were having ours at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we got to, to our, our location, our church, and about 3.30, and we're setting everything up. And all of a sudden, at about 3.55, people started coming in the door. That kind of threw us off. You know, we had t- uh, contacted everyone and told them six, but then sometime last week, someone from Senatobia, I don't know who, it doesn't, it doesn't even really matter, uh, contacted some of the people, about half of the people, and told them that we were having the party at four. So we had half the people show up around four, another half show up at six. And so when people started showing up at four, I was going to get pizzas, but I was going to get them at like 5.30. Well, four o'clock rolls around and people are showing up, so I got to get in the car and I got to uh, run and get some pizzas, and I call my wife, and she's on the way with our daughters, and uh, I'm just kind of venting a little bit, just kind of frustrated, because ultimately what's going to happen is we're going to have to do two of these parties, you know, two smaller ones rather than the one big one, um, so it's just kind of frustrating, it's annoying, it's just more stuff that we've got to do, it's, uh, everything was already set up, so it wasn't just a ton more work, but it was just more stuff, and so I get back, and we do the first party and it goes well. Uh, we get about 30 minutes to clean up, then we do the next party. And, and as I look back on everything, it's, it's amazing just how something happened that I thought was not the end of the world, but it definitely was not in our plans and definitely threw our plans off kilter. Yet, really, God worked it out uh, for the best. You know. Like I said earlier, or we showed up at 3.30. We didn't know how long it was going to take us to set up. We had to set up tables. We had to uh, move chairs. We kind of had to <clears throat> rearrange and reorganize a lot of stuff. And so we assumed, or I assumed, that it would take at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half to get all that stuff done. Then that would give us a time just to take a little bit of a break, and then people would start showing up. Well, it took us 20 minutes. 25 minutes. By the time people were showing up, we were already done. So if they wouldn't have shown up at four, then we would have been sitting around uh, for an hour and a half not doing anything because everything was already done. So one, it kind of saved us that because you never want to have just that much downtime. That's just just bad planning, I guess. And it just kind of could have put a damper on, on attitudes and everything when you just kind of sit around bored for an hour, hour and a half. So we did that and then the area that we meet, the place that we meet, we had it set up for as many people as would have been in there, but it would have been packed if everyone was there at one time. It would have been like uncomfortably packed. And so the, the way that it was done, uh, I think that we had plenty of room, plenty of space. We had, uh, no one was uncomfortable. People could kind of spread out. And so ultimately looking at it all, it all worked out perfectly fine. It all worked out super well. Uh, 
And ultimately, it's a reminder to me that God is in control. You know, even over something small like that, where something happens and it's not life or death, you're reminded that God is in control. Even when things happen that are, that are bigger, or when things don't even work out quite as smoothly, uh, we're reminded that God is in control. I remember several years ago, I was with the church, and we were taking a group of students to uh, Tombstone, Arizona for a mission trip. <clears throat> and we leave, and we're, I don't know, two hours outside of Memphis, and uh, somewhere in Arkansas, and one of the tires on uh, the church bus that we had uh, goes flat. And so we go to a place, and they replace our tire, and it kind of sets us back probably an hour and a half. So we get back on the road and drive to uh, Midland, Texas, spend the night, and then the, the plan is to get up the next morning and uh, finish our, our, our drive into to Tombstone. We get up the next morning, we get out of the hotel, we get loaded up, and we go to go, and we get, I don't know, a quarter mile down the road, and something goes wrong with the bus. We have to pull over into a uh, Walmart parking lot. Uh, we end up getting it cranked back up and then drive to a, uh, uh, a dealership, a shop. And they start looking at it, and they first they tell us this, and then they tell us that, and we get there probably around, I'm, I'm going to guess around 9 in the morning. And it was around 3 in the afternoon by the time they told us, or 3 or 4 in the afternoon by the time they told us, look, uh, this isn't going to work. We can't get this fixed right now. Uh, so we were stranded in Midland. And so we start calling around, and... I think we find the the last uh, vans that, that Midland has to rent. Uh, so we rent some vans that night. We drive a little bit, spend the night somewhere at a hotel that we did not plan on spending the night at and make it to Tombstone the next day and then have a, a, a good week of ministry and uh, just another situation where, where things don't go the way that you think uh, you want them to, but in God's sovereignty... You know, uh, the kids that we had, uh, there was a couple different times where we were sitting at the, at the, uh, at the dealership while the, car, the, the van, the bus was being looked at, where they gathered in just kind of a big circle in front of a ton of people, or, you know, everyone, all the customers and employees, and just prayed. And so that's a, a great testimony to, uh, to those around us. There was a church in Midland that, kind of heard of what was going on, and so they opened up their gym and allow us to go just uh, so the kids could have something to do and not just sit there being bored, and so uh, it was an opportunity for them to show us grace and favor and kindness and love, and so God took that situation and He allowed it to, to glorify His name in several different ways, uh, and ultimately we still got to go on the, the mission trip and everything that we we're planning on doing still got accomplished and uh, we all got home, everything worked out. Uh, but it definitely wasn't in my plans for things to work out the way they worked out. And not just to, to tell just a ton of stories, but uh, I've been at several different churches uh, as, a, as a pastor. 
some better than others, but, but none that were just just what I would consider great. You know, there was always, uh, whether it was uh, the pastor that, didn't, that, that me and him didn't, you know, jive well, or whether it was just the style of music or the congregation, or there's always just, just kind of something that just always felt uh, off. Not off and like it was a bad church, but just something where I was just always kind of just like, eh, I enjoyed this, this is a good job. Um, but there's probably somewhere where I fit a little bit better. Uh, well, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, I don't remember when it was, I was working at a church, and my wife had just had a baby, uh, and I got let go a month before Christmas. Uh, our, our, the, our second daughter was about uh, four or five months old. And so, once again, not a great situation. Not what I would have chosen. Uh, I was looking for I was looking for a way out. I was sending out resumes and trying to find an opportunity to to pastor somewhere, not just do student ministry. But it definitely uh, that was definitely not the way that I would have chosen to to leave. Um, but that's how it happened. And after uh, being out of work for I guess three or four months, uh, God opened up the door for me to come and pastor this uh, church plant or church campus plant in in Batesville, Mississippi. And I don't know that I could fit better uh, with a church, with a congregation, with a staff from the other campus. Uh, it's just like square peg, square hole, uh, round peg, round hole. I, it, just, it just fits. And so, you know, I wouldn't have picked the path that I've taken to get here but in God's sovereignty, this is where He has brought me. And, you know, when you kind of step back and you look at the whole picture, uh, it's neat to see that. And so as I think of God's sovereignty, uh, I think of the fact that God's in control. And I think that, that a lot of it with sovereignty is about perspective. You know, we see it kind of once we're done through it, kind of once we're through at least part of the process, we can kind of look back and say, okay, I see what God was doing there. But I think there's also an aspect of God's sovereignty where our response is not trying to figure everything out, but our response is submission. Our response is uh, recognizing <clears throat> that God is in control. When things work out the way they work out, then we recognize that God's in control. God's doing something for His glory or for our good or both, and uh, our response is to submit. And I'm reminded of this passage in James chapter 4. Uh, starting in verse 13, it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do, know, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And so, I think that we should plan. I think that planning is wise. I think there's wisdom in that and 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 doing things, whether it be with church, whether it be with just life in general. <clears throat> I think that we can try our hardest to, and, and to make the, the wisest, most responsible plans that we can. But I think that also as believers, we recognize that we're not in control of this world. Uh, as James said, our life is but a vapor. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God does because God exists outside of time. 
but also at the same time, we we are not our own. Uh, when God redeemed us, when God saved us, He purchased us and He bought us. And so, uh, one, God has the freedom because He's Creator, but also God has the freedom because He's our Savior. He's our our ruler. He's the one who 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 purchased us. He's our King and our Lord. So He has the right to to change the plans of our life up on on a whim if He so chooses. And in our response, uh, though not always our first response, not always our most natural response. But our response uh, should be, instead of frustration and griping and complaining, uh, it should be, okay, God, I'm going to submit to what you're doing. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know why it's happening the way that it is. But I'm going to submit to you, and I'm going to trust you uh, because you're in control, and you love me. We never separate one aspect of God's character, His attributes, without making sure that it's not interacting with the others. So as we look at God's sovereignty and how God works in our lives and does things that we might not be uh, too keen on or changes kind of the, the plans of our life, we make sure that we look at that also understanding that God is a God of love. Uh, he's a God of grace and He's a God of mercy and He's a God who, who has a plan, and He's a God who uh, isn't bound by time, and God understands and knows the future. And, and, and so as we look at God's sovereignty, we look at that also combined with the fact that when God does things, even if in our perspective uh, it doesn't look very positive, uh, God loves us, and God's going to work uh, for our good and His glory. Now, our good might not happen instantly, you know, it might take a while, and it might not be our good in the, in the way that we're thinking of, but we'll just think of uh, Joseph. You know, Joseph and uh, thrown into a, a pit by his brother and sold into slavery, and, and then he was uh, bought by, by Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, and he ran. So she lied and said that he was right. She that he raped her or attempted to rape her, and then he was thrown in jail. And he spent time in jail, even after the guys who you know said, "I will definitely help you when I get out." Forgot about him, uh, and all this bad stuff happened. Um, but in that story. Uh, when Joseph's brothers come to him, when he's second in command over all of Egypt, uh, come to him, and Joseph says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so we see God's sovereignty at work. We see God's love at work. And we see Joseph's life, which for the first half of it was rough, but he stayed faithful to God. He stayed committed to God, even though I'm sure there were times where he cried out, where he was unsure, where he said, why is this happening? And he and he cried, God's big enough that we can cry to God. God's big enough that we can, we can be honest with God. Uh, but ultimately, even in our honesty, even in our fear and our doubts, uh, we still have to go back to the truth, the truth, truth over emotions, truth over feelings, truth over situations. We have to go back to the truth that God loves us, the truth that God works all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes, 
the truth that God is using us to glorify His name, the truth that God uses our circumstances and situations to uh, sanctify us and to purify us and to work in our life to, to change us and to, to where we are more glorifying to Him and, and closer to Him and uh, have lives that can impact other people uh, through Him. And so when we go through those tough times, even when we're struggling, even when we're, we're scared or we're upset or we're frustrated, go to God. Be honest about that. But ultimately, uh, we have to get to a place where we trust the truth, the truth that says God's in control, God loves me, uh, and I'm going to trust His plan. I might not understand it. It might be scary. It might seem unfair. Uh, but I'm going to trust it because I'm going to trust Him. And so that's where we get the, the, the greatness. Or that's, you know, that's what comes out of the greatness of God's sovereignty. That God sovereignly, He loves us, and He works for the good of us uh, and the glory of His name. And if we just remind ourselves and plant ourselves in truth, truth over feelings, uh, Truth will always win out. So uh, let's be encouraged by God's sovereignty. Uh, let's be encouraged that, that God loves us. So uh, hopefully this has been encouraging to you. If, once again, questions, comments, uh, you can leave them on the SoundCloud page. You can leave them on iTunes. You can leave a, uh, in, the, in, in a review on the, on the podcast. You can email me at cam.stevens at lifepointsanatobia.com, uh, and I will talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye.